As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I mean, and where can you go? How many Marvel movies can you make? We're about cars and family. Let's strap a rocket on the back of this Fiero and send it to the moon, because family... Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, June 12th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one back from the road, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! And last but not least, over yonder, it's the apprentice, it's Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? What's up, Esh? Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And hey, after you're done with this classic, a brand new Is This Good? It's dropped. Matteo, JD, and a couple joining the guys. Patrick Brommel and Harriet Dyer discuss destination weddings, wardrobe malfunctions, dating dating age gapes, and so much more. Dating age gapes. gapes. (laughs) It's tough to say for some reason. Dating age gapes. There we go. Uh, So go check that out. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I was confused there for a second. It's like, hey, what's an age? Well, I, gape? I was proving to you it was very difficult to say. Dating age gapes. Age gapes. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Age gapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a really big gap. A gape. My mouth agape. Oh, huge gape. That's not what I was doing. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me take a sip of coffee. Here. Maybe you're just being funny because I heard that episode was very funny. That's what I've heard, too. I can't wait to fire it up after this. Uh, And tonight, guys, Game 5 of the NBA Finals. We're live on playback, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The whole crew there on playback. Come hang out. The link is in the show notes there in YouTube and wherever you download and listen to podcasts. So uh, join the No Dunks playback room and then... Hang with us tonight. A little second screen experience for Game 5. Does the season end tonight? Let's discuss. Because we have officially reached the elimination portion of the NBA Finals. Will this be the end of this season? And do we see the Nuggets secure their first ever NBA title? Or can the Heat survive and launch an unlikely comeback? Uh, What are you watching for here in Game 5 tonight? What's something to zero in on? I'm watching the Miami backcourt. I'm watching Gabe Vincent and Max Struess because the stars who are starring are on the Nuggets side. If the Heat want to win, they got to do it by committee. And that means everybody in the committee has got to be contributing. That means Gabe Vincent and Max Struess have to be better than the last two games where they are averaging six points over the last two games. Combined, mm-hmm. the starting backcourt, six points. Jimmy's getting his. Bam's getting his. Kevin Love's contributing. He had a baby. He should be good. The, ben- <laughs> the bench is coming through. But Gabe and Max, even though Gabe started this series well, Max Struess has been a problem. You don't have to have him be maximum Struess, but he can't be minimum Struess no, either. No. He's just got to be somewhere in between. He's just got to be Max hitting a couple of shots, especially because I think we've reached the point of the series where adjustments are kind of out the window. Spolstrip did everything he could in what felt like a must-win game in Game 4. He brought Jimmy back from his usual rest mm-hmm. earlier in the first quarter, got a seven-point seven spurt to end the quarter. He had Bam matched up on Jokic more because of that change, and he played Bam and Jimmy 
almost 45 minutes. So it's just time to score. It's just time for Gabe to step into those shots and hit shots. And he showed in the first two games that he could. And Max, unfortunately, has been uh, a struggle bus uh, through all four games, really, other than just one quarter. So, yeah, we've seen we've seen Jamal and we've seen Jokic run the show. So I, I, I don't think we're getting a, a huge Jimmy game. If we didn't get it through four games, I doubt it. So it's really just everybody contributing. I know it sounds simple, but just stepping into their shots and hitting it. And I, I, I never really believe these wide open stats. Hey, this guy was wide open and missing threes, but Shrews is missing everything. Shrews is missing. <laughs> Shrews, and then, but this one is actually factual. I mean, it's, yeah, I whether, kind of agree. Well, yeah, yeah, he's just missing shots. Uh, six points is just it's not enough when, when you got Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic playing the way they are. What do you got your eye on, Trey? There's only two numbers that really matter. Turnovers for the Heat. They had 14 uh, in game four which was the most they've had in any playoff or uh, any of these finals games so far. And then the three point shooting, like the, the heat absolutely have to make at least 16 threes in this game to have a chance. Uh, but I really think this one is Yover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is going to be a blowout for the Denver nuggets. We haven't seen them play a great game yet. We've seen them play a lot of B games, seen them play some B plus games. We've seen games where their stars are incredible and their role players are just okay. We've seen game four, their role players excel and the stars just have good games. I think they put it all together tonight, and it's a boring one, uh, but a coronation for the Denver Nuggets. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a 20-plus point victory uh, for Denver. I don't foresee Miami beating them twice in Denver. It's hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's only happened once so far in this postseason. Uh, But Denver has been crushing in this finals uh, outside of a bad fourth quarter in Game 2. This could easily be a sweep. Uh, I think the... The team realizes the opportunity they have at hand. They can clinch their first championship at home, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I would, uh, to piggyback on sort of what you're talking about here, to ask this idea, and I saw Pelton writing about it for ESPN, like Miami's shot volume, they're calling it. Keep an eye on that. And what he means by that is just having more field goal attempts or at least more trips to the free throw line. Part of that comes into play of obviously taking care of the ball too and not having a ton of turnovers like they did in Game 4. Though that said, they had next to zero in Game 3, only four total and still lost. But it's important for the Miami Heat. They're 10-4 and four in this whole postseason when they have that advantage of shot volume, right? More field goal attempts, getting to the line, or they're tied throughout this play- postseason. They're 10-4, and 3-5 uh, and five without it. So that's big, big, big. Sean Powell reminded me though here... Um, I would be a little worried about another monster huge Jokic game coming tonight. He had a quiet game four. But we've had a trio of closeout games over these last three finals where the superstars were elite. Curry last year put the Celtics to sleep. He had six threes. He had 34 points in Boston in game six. The year before that, Giannis with his 50-point triple-double to close out the Suns in that series. And then in 2020, LeBron had the 28-14-10 and 10 triple-double to beat this Miami Heat team, or this at least Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo-led Heat team. So, yeah, Jokic probably goes for a triple-double tonight. I mean, he's done it in every closeout game in this postseason. So he'll he'll be a monster. It's just all these, uh, you know, I would expect all the superstars to play pretty well again on both sides. It's, can the, can the role players for Miami outplay the role players for the Nuggets, and they haven't been able to in a lot of this series. And now they're on the road. Um, They have to play a perfect game. Miami does because we just watched identical games in Miami. Big start for the Heat. The Nuggets come back. It's a close first half. Nuggets blow it open in the third quarter, and then a fake Miami comeback in the fourth. They got to play perfectly. We got to have under 10 turnovers and over 16 threes. There's no other way that Miami can really win this one. They can do that. We've seen them multiple times this postseason back against the wall, have their best game, uh, and that's kind of been their MO for this entire season. We do things the hard way, Uh, but the Nuggets are like, yeah, we've blown a 3-1 lead. We've come back from a 3-1 lead. We've seen it happen. Um, So Miami could definitely do it, but it's going to be a tough, tough ask. Yeah, Michael Malone's got that, hey, we came back from 3-1 in the bubble. There's, you know, put yourself in, the, in that side. Yeah, yep. right. So he could use that as motivation. He could also say, we lost our last home game, the only one that we've lost this postseason. We're not losing two in a row at home. Right. So there's that motivation. The Heat just have to start off well because I I, I do think everybody's you know, kind of implies that the Heat, you know, they can smell blood. Like, they're the killers. Nuggets are also killers. I mean, once they smell blood and they could feel that this series is over – they're going to step on their throat. And, and as you know, Trey was alluding to, they always come back, um, but I don't think they're going to allow the heat to come back. If they get a big start in this game, 
it could be over early. You think this one could get silly? Yeah. Like what Trey's saying yeah, here, where if they sure. if they do take control in the second or third quarter, it could balloon to a to a party in Denver where it gets to 20, 25, whatever. Yeah. Denver didn't trail in the second half right. of either of these games, and it didn't feel like they played incredibly well in either of them, and now they're going back to where they're used to playing. So it's tough. Uh, that's why they were the one seed. That's why they've been the best team in the playoffs the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And the Heat's, the Heat's bench saved them last game, too. Lowry. And Martin came off and were big because the Heat's starting backcourt was struggling. So they brought those guys in. Can you expect Lowry to do it every single game? Like He, he was really big. He played 32-plus minutes. They just need more from everybody who's on the court, really. Unless they're sandbagging us, it doesn't appear that Tyler Hero is going to be suddenly here in Game 5. Yeah, I don't think like a Lowry's going to get a start here uh, from Spo. They probably continue to bring him off the bench, though he'll go to him more in a must-win situation if he's if he's got it going a little bit there, mm-hmm. especially more than like a a, a Gabe or a Struess. Um, but yeah, at this point, five games in, you said it, Tass. There's like not a whole lot of other adjustments to be made unless you do have like a, a six-man-of-the-year guy suddenly good to go because of the hand. Um, yeah, it's a, you know, you just to go back to what you were saying, Trey, about the Nuggets, they haven't played like an A-plus game. I would agree with that. Offensively, I think defensively this team has been pretty damn impressive in this series, and a big reason why they have the three wins. Schumann with the stat, the Heat's three least efficient offensive performances of the postseason have come here in the finals. So credit to the defense, obviously doing what they can to live with bam jumpers, obviously Aaron Gordon slowing Jimmy Butler as much as possible and trying to stay home on these shooters. Only getting 25 three-point attempts was obviously a big talking point after game four. Not just only being able to not hit them. Yeah, It's not being able to take a lot. That's well, not a lot. I think the Nuggets know they can score a two-point basket anytime they want to. Yeah. Like Jokic is going to score a two-pointer or he's going to dish to somebody cutting back door for a dunk. So Miami has to hit threes. Game one, 33%. That's a loss. Game two, 48%. That's a win. Game three, 31%. Loss. Game four, 32%. That's mm-hmm. a loss. Like, just stay home on the shooters. Miami doesn't have enough scoring to equal what Denver's going to do, and they're even better at home. So, uh, going two for two against uh, a guy that shoots 70% from two just doesn't make sense uh, <laughs> math-wise. That's why they got to try and get up, like, 53s tonight. Butler, last time his team in the finals were facing, uh, you know, elimination. They were down 3-1 against the Lakers. Now, this is in the bubble, so we're taking away home court advantage and all that. Uh, Jimmy went for 35, 12, and 11 in 47 minutes. He nearly played the entire game. He got to the line. He lived there. He was 12 of 12. He had five steals. I mean, it was a monster Jimmy Butler game to at least extend the series to game six. Duncan Robinson was big in that one. He hit seven threes in that elimination game five. Uh, so they would that'd be a nice pairing to have the Jimmy Butler game, so to speak, along with at least one of the heat shooters catching fire and hitting five, six, seven threes like Duncan did back in 2020 to maybe give us a game six. But you could definitely convince me this Nuggets team is better than <laughs> the 2020 bubble Lakers team. Both good teams, but the way they're playing right now, the way Malone has them locked in, and the way they are carrying themselves, and you guys can speak better to this, being around them, they feel like they know that they're the champs and they're going to end it tonight. That's what it feels like. Well, they've got the two best players in the series yeah. so far, yeah. so that helps. And yeah. they've got home court advantage and a 3-1 lead, so they should feel confident. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy had to take a plane, unlike uh, what he had to do in the bubble, so I guess, <laughs> I guess he's having that Michelob Ultra on the plane, uh, tr- trying, trying to get lubricated for this game. But those games there in the bubble, he was playing like 45 minutes a game. He was playing so much. And he played 45 last game for the first time in a while, uh, first time in this series. The Nuggets, yeah, defensively they're not getting credit. Uh, I, I think that's clear. Like They are just very, very long, and Jokic is doing a good job of planting himself in the lane, and that's a good Jimmy deterrent. Even if Jokic isn't, yep. doesn't got the hops, um, he, he's – Jimmy's struggles against length, and uh, Jokic is there. They, they've shown that their their three point sh- uh, defenders are going to run around and be out there, and he can just plant himself in the lane. And yeah, they are they are everywhere right now. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, uh, I know you guys probably had a chance to read it. Hopefully, some of you out there did as well. Hollinger writing a piece for the Athletic about Jimmy Butler's place in NBA history. Like, if this is sort of the end tonight and the Nuggets go on to win, we'll be talking a ton about Jokic and where he is among the all-time greats and and Jamal Murray having an incredible postseason despite never making an all-star game and all that. But, like, Hollinger wrote about Jimmy, quote, I feel like 20 years from now we're going to try explaining Butler to the next generation. 
completely lack the ability to find what made him great and end up stammering gibberish about fourth quarter eruptions and overpriced coffee. Uh, end quote. It's a great article. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get yourself a subscription. But it's fascinating when you go through Jimmy's like basketball reference page, and he's made all NBA teams and you know all-star selections, but he he ha- he doesn't have obviously a title and not a lot of like regular season like success in terms of like leading categories and obviously being one of the game's biggest scorers and so on and so forth. But do you consider him like a top 100 player? Is he a Hall of Fame lock? Like, uh, I just wanted to hear your take on that Hollinger article and whether you think people will struggle to place Jimmy in sort of the all-time great list or whatever you want to call it. Well, I got to say, I was a little disappointed that the only mention of Jimmy and the Bulls was against them in the play-in tournament this year. Jimmy Butler had a nice run with the Bulls. That's where he started. That's where I became a fan of him. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just did the NBA Top 75, and he wasn't even a guy that was considered. Mm -hmm. Not even a a considered as a snub kind of character. But I think uh, if people wanted to do the Top 100 this summer, everybody would put Jimmy Butler in, which I think is kind of interesting. (laughs) To me, Jimmy's a guy that, like, you had to be there to know what it was all about with Jimmy Butler, because I think back to him, I knew he was a playoff killer back in the Bulls days. They just didn't have the team around him to actually be able to do anything because he came the 2011 offseason. That was after the Bulls had just uh, been eliminated by the Heat. Derrick Rose was the MVP, obviously got hit, hurt that next season. Jimmy kind of stepped into that gap and became the man for the Bulls. They decided they couldn't build a winner around him and kind of still feeling the effects of trading him away (laughs) way back when after his greatest season at that point. But uh, he's always had a sense for the moment. He's always been able to elevate his game in the playoffs. But when you know you can elevate your game in the playoffs, maybe it's not completely there in the regular (laughs) season, which is why Jimmy makes a second-team All-NBA, a third-team All-NBA. He's one of the best players in the league. Everybody knows it. But we also kind of know you're not getting the full Jimmy until the postseason. So that's a a weird place to be. Yeah, he's only once played more than 70 games in a season, Hollinger noted. He's never finished higher than 10th in any sort of MVP voting. He's got the, 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 the... the second team all NBA selections and third teams, but never a first team, like you said. Never really come close even to uh, smelling that. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Jimmy? I like how John's doing this right now because he is somebody that we're sort of overlooking right now. Even though we were all celebrating him for the first three rounds, we're not celebrating him right now because he isn't that 40-point guy right now. Well, like Trey uh, said, he's the third best player in the finals right now. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, and if you look back over his career, yeah, every team that trades him yeah, regrets it. Greatly, uh, there's no doubt. Chicago, Minnesota, Philly. Uh, you picked Tobias Harris over me. Yeah, that's uh, a, a great one, a great line there. But it's totally true about leading categories. Uh, you, you mentioned MVP voting, just one tenth place vote. That's it. That's it. Uh, one second All NBA team. So I like how Trey said you kind of have to be there to really, really appreciate Jimmy Butler. Doesn't have the counting stats because. He doesn't give it his all every single regular season. Started a little late uh, in his career because it, it started a little bit slowly. But he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, is he not? Right. Uh, so yeah. That, I, I mean, it's just so everybody gets in. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but but I think when you're when you're thinking top seventy five, your your first your first line of thinking is championship, right? So he's mm-hmm. not in, he's not included uh, in that. Um, yeah, as far as yeah, he's got to get he's got to get in on the on the story, I guess. I mean, he doesn't have the counting stats that let's say uh, somebody else who doesn't have finals appearances has, like a Mitch Richmond or somebody. Right, like, like he's only at fourteen thousand points. I mean, that's no, I know that's, that's why it's low. fascinating. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people are going to think Jimmy Butler is a better player than Mitch Richmond. Like you're going to want yeah. him on your team. To help yes. your chances to win a title, even though, you know, he ultimately, Jimmy, comes up short and Mitch Richmond backs it, back doors into one, right, obviously, late in his mm-hmm. career. But, yeah, yeah it's, I don't even think of him getting a title. I but, know, yeah. I know. There are people that, like, in terms of just their career, like, the type of player they are, have compared him, I see somebody even in the stream team, like, to a Jason Kidd in, in, in that sense, like... In postseasons going far, I mean, Kidd obviously going to finals and going to teams and making them better. There's that. Reggie Miller I've seen thrown around too, which I think I, I can see some similarities in terms of like, you know, when the lights were the brightest and they have memorable moments and, you know, came up short ultimately. And Jimmy's not done. I mean, what is he, 34? Almost, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. Those are fair comparisons, but I think I'm with you that he's 
if he wins a title, he's a hundred percent lock for the Hall of Fame. And as it is without one, it feels like he's a ninety-eight percent chance for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, Mitch Richmond and Tim Hardaway are in, so it's likely that Jimmy Butler is going to get in, but, like, I don't think Jason Kidd is that great of a comparison for Jimmy. I'm like, Jason Kidd is considered, like, a top-five point guard of all time. Jimmy's not a top-five shooting guard of all all time. Reggie's got something of all time, right? Like, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. And Jimmy's just, like, one of the coolest guys of all time. He's like a cool Joe Johnson. Yeah, Like, Joe Johnson had some interesting regular season success, hit some game winners in the playoffs, a guy that you could count on to hit a big shot, zero swag. Jimmy's like that completely flipped on the other side, 100% swag, still hits big shots. Um, But I don't know, I think Hollinger called him the most underrated player of his generation. I think that's fair, and I think it's going to go down in history that he's better than Paul George, so I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think... That's not even a question at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Yes, no, yes, not at this yes. point. No, no, not, not no, at this point. Two final, leading his team to two finals. Yeah. Um, I guess it's hard to compare him to people because there's just not really a good comparison. I, I don't I don't find that Jason Kidd or even Reggie Miller, yeah, all that accurate. But maybe that's why it's hard to place him because we need to compare him. Who is who is his you know, his mold? He's different, right? He's, you know, an undrafted guy. Not undrafted. <laughs> uh, a guy who's drafted late, leading his team to two finals. Picks it up in the in the postseason. Doesn't have regular season accolades or just totals as well. So yeah, second all team once, never part of the, this the season, top right? ten. Yeah, this was his first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well. Yeah. Well, highly encourage you to go uh, check out that article from Hollinger, uh, pointing out yeah how weird it will be maybe twenty years from now in talking about Jimmy, and that's why he's talking about him right this second. And this is also what Heat fans want to hear. We're, like, writing the obituary for the Miami totally. Heat. They're done. Oh, Jimmy, what a season, what a year. And uh, watch them give us a game six uh, tonight. We'll be on playback. Join us at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, what else you got? One last thing is that I do think it is pretty interesting how much uh, Jimmy's reputation around the league has flipped because he had a terrible reputation after leaving the Bulls. Like, I remember having fights with my Bulls friends back home about, like, should they choose between Rose and Butler? The two personalities aren't going to work. Obviously, the Timberwolves situation was loaded with drama <laughs> when he went there. And all of that has been completely swept under the rug at this point because Jimmy got to the heat where he fits in perfectly and everybody's like, oh, this makes sense. You're right. one of the greatest of all time. Rather than he was a one of the worst teammates of all time during, you know, 17 through 19, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. It... He's he's but he's put those pr- wins on the board is all that matters. That's 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 all that matters. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, we gotta take a break. We got lots more still to talk about. Lots of NBA news, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a second. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, here in the Classic Factory, if you're joining us live on YouTube, we love to see it. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Got some NBA news for you guys, and uh, this first one is still finals related. Uh, uh, As if losing game four of the finals to the Nuggets wasn't tough enough for the Heat. It turns out the man who played their mascot, or plays their mascot, excuse me, Bernie, was taken to the emergency room of a nearby hospital for treatment after being leveled by former UFC champ Conor McGregor on Friday night. Uh, According to sources, the man was given pain medication by the doctor and has since been sent home and is doing well. So we will see Bernie in Game 6 if there is a Game (laughs) 6 in Miami. Trey, you were there. You were in the arena. You were filming it from, like, the nosebleeds. I think we even have the footage. Um, (laughs) What was going through your head when uh, Conor McGregor took a couple shots at Bernie? Well, when Conor came out, I was like, he's going to punch Bernie. (laughs) He's absolutely going to punch Bernie. They would not have him in this outfit if something wasn't going down. I need to get my camera out to see what's going to happen. And then there ain't no doubt, like, Conor really hauls into Bernie. 
And you oh. have no idea where this guy's head is. Yeah. Inside that Bernie head. Afterwards, I remember looking around, not seeing Bernie about in the arena. Oh, but I'm like, oh, whatever. He's probably just changing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Mascots are always uh, in the back. Then the game started happening. Uh, and I kind of lost track of if Bernie did or did not show up. But... He really got hit, and I guess uh, if you hit in the wrong place of that puffy head, you could make contact with a real head, and despite the fact that Conor McGregor loses most of his fights these days, you're still going to take him in a match against the guy he doesn't know is fighting. <laughs> well, what, yeah, was it, the, was it that second punch? Oh, yeah. Like, which one did it? I'd love to know. Or was it accumulation of both of them? Was it that? Well, that was the second one where he was rolling around. I know. The first one, he just... He takes it him. like a mascot. Yeah, right. he, just, he just fell off the big he old fell. head. Takes it he, like he, a mascot. he knocked off his hat. <laughs> yeah, and then he was still. And then the second punch. He is literally rolling around, writhing in pain. He's hurt. Yeah, uh, and this well, this ain't a. Or he's a great actor. <laughs> well, I don't know if that second one was planned because, I mean, if if this wasn't if this was an act, um, this that that uh, trip to the hospital was not planned whatsoever and it was it was just it just came out of nowhere so you're and saying a concussion. Uh, bad stoppage by the ref <laughs> <laughs> jason <laughs> jackson should have waved it off after the first punch i don't know if that second punch was planned <laughs> well right 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 yeah the first or, punch or was if planned. it was mcgregor should have taken a little bit off of it and actually got through that bernie <laughs> puffy head and hit yeah, the and, poor guy and, well not hit him in the face right it hit his large the large part Aim of the hat hat yeah, hat, yeah. Uh, a couple things about this weird skit in general, when you think about it, Conor McGregor, okay, yeah, he's a fighter. I get it. He's going to fight the mascot. But you're at home. Conor McGregor just beat the shit out of your own mascot. You're trying to win a finals game. Doesn't send a good message to the team or the fan base, in my opinion. That was a little strange. And then the other part is, my favorite part, just because it's so ironic, McGregor was there doing, like, a promotional bit for his pain relief spray. Yes. <laughs> the official pain relief spray of the Miami <laughs> Heat now. He's in fact <laughs> holding the bottle, I think, when he punches him. Like, it's in his other hand, this spray thing. Yeah. So I thought that was his phone. So why didn't no, he spray I, it on Bernie's right, head? That's right. Well, you can't take the mascot head off. <laughs> like, Do you think like he at a... least offered uh, backstage? He's like, hey, just spray it on this guy's yeah, head. He I should be fine. So. I think so. And it was a potential concussion, right? Well, that's I mean, what... I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, he's taken to According ER to and is given something. By the doctors, and they checked him or tested him. He probably was woozy, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> if he, he, if he legit got punched through that big old head, then damn, that would hurt. Because McGregor, at least in those clips we've seen, yours and other ones, like he does not hold back. But my guess is, does Bernie or someone that works for the Heat is like, okay, we're going to do this little thing out here. Like, you know, clock me. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at me. I'm like in body armor, basically. Yeah, should be fine. But yeah, that second one. Mm. <laughs> that second one on the ground. What are you doing, McGregor? Unless we're just all being worked and this is a complete bit just to make great headlines. Like McGregor, like, paid him a ton of money. But, but like, he hey, we're going to go overboard here. But it, you're going to go to the ER. But the ER headlines <laughs> were like... 24 hours after or something. It was like way later than the actual game. Right. I think yeah. uh, the athletics. Like that would Sam Amick was if, the if first the one jo- on it. Yeah. If it was a joke, it would have happened during the game. Right. You know? Stretcher come out. Da, 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 take him yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. He did get booed. McGregor got booed. After. Well, yeah, he clocked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it was part clocking and part, uh, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why are we talking about a body spray right now? How You were there for games three and four. How was... Um, how were the fans? How were the crowds? I know, I know, there was some Twitter discourse. I think KOC of the Ringer got people, some Heat fans, upset about this idea of them not getting back to their seats uh, at the start of the third quarter and stuff like that. What were your takes? It's loud when you're in there, uh, and there are a lot of people in there. But as I said on playback, it feels like there is too much happening in the concourses. Like there's just too many stands. People are too excited to be hanging out because I don't know. Jerome and I were there hours hours early so you were seeing a ton of people come in then you get to the arena and it's just all in the concourses people hanging out Mm. wanting to be seen uh flicking up taking some instagram photos uh so yeah maybe you're getting delayed coming back but i don't know i I think their fans are there their fans are there and they're (laughs) cheering man i don't know yeah uh 
But Miami has a bad rap because if they get down by 10 points, they're leaving. Right. That's that's the bigger concern to me. Like, it's not so much being there at the start of the third quarter. That would help, but I don't really think that's turning the tide. It's leaving when you're down by 10 with a minute and a half. You're like, this is the last game of your season, perhaps. You should at least yeah. stick around and cheer. For just an like eight seed that McGregor went did. all the way exactly. to the finals. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Any Any thoughts to add to that? Nah. Doesn't seem like they're back in their seats for the third quarter a lot of the time. But that's a lot of arenas, as we've talked about. Okay. Uh, well, this team notoriously are like this. Uh, the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> that's the segue. Are hiring Grizzlies assistant Darko Rajakovic as the franchise's next head coach. The Serbian started as a G League head coach before advancing to the OKC bench, and he made stops with the Suns and, of course, the Grizzlies, and he was, in fact, elevated to Taylor Jenkins' top assistant there in Memphis. But the Raptors finally picked a head coach, Tass, uh, in Darko here. Um, were you surprised? And any thoughts? Darko Ryakovich coming out of nowhere. Didn't, didn't feel like he was on the radar uh, from the interviews. He is definitely worthy and Players like him, as you saw mm. Desmond Bain, where he was just an assistant, Tyus Jones coming out and say, this guy, yes, definitely deserved. So that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that you don't often see when guys get a job, his players coming out and really pining for him. So I, I think that's great. He's young, which I think is a, a good sign. He uses the word swag a lot, apparently, <laughs> I, I've heard. His players, But I think players do love him. He's Steven Adams, one of the funniest guys in the league, said he's energetic and uh, – and it's great to be around. He's coached since he was a baby, since he was like 16 or 17. 16, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in Serbia, Spain, G League. He's got a little, you know, a little nurse vibes there where he coached abroad and he's been an NBA assistant for nearly a decade. Player development is his thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stalled with the Raptors last year, uh, with Scotty Barnes specifically. He's good for team ball, as I just mentioned, Tyus Jones, their record without John Morant. So I think that's also uh, a very good sign. Seems like he's good for this team and uh yeah i like i like the the young route for ryakovich it, se- it seems like he'll be liked in those huddles there was an interesting part in Woj's article about this where he wrote quote the raptors wanted a coach whom they believed could coach a contending team should the franchise stay on its current path with the veterans or a rebuilding roster should they eventually transform the roster to younger players mm-hmm. and draft assets. And I was like, oh, okay. So what we're saying, uh, the Raptors trying to pitch it as, hey, Darko can do either. We either are a contending team, you know, uh, hopefully moving into next season, or if we decide to move uh, some of our star players and go younger and draft picks, he's the guy for that as well. And I think most Raptors fans, if they have to pick between one of the two, when they see Darko as the selection here as the coach, they think, does this mean they're pivoting towards the ladder there and the the rebuild, so to speak, or at least the youth movement? It's possible. That was my first question, yeah. and this to me seems like we're hiring a rebuilding coach, somebody nobody's ever heard of, a young guy who is known for player development. That doesn't scream to me we're trying to win the championship this year, especially considering uh, the way the trade deadline went. The Raptors were involved in every single rumor. They've got free agents this summer. They've got still tradable players this summer. Yeah. So to me, this kind of points more towards... We're moving on to the next phase here, and we're getting a guy who's going to hopefully maximize what Scotty Barnes can do, because that's the biggest question for the Raptors to me, is how do we get Scotty Barnes back to the Rookie of the Year path? He was on one Rookie of the Year. We're expecting better things in Season 2, and it wasn't yep. necessarily better things in Season 2. Uh, but yeah, this seems more so along the lines of, we're trying something new, because if they wanted to continue contending and stick with a little continuity, they probably would have just hired Adrian Griffin the assistant who was highly regarded that was there and they let go. Yeah. So coaches fired this, uh, you know, off season was Budenholzer, Monty Williams, Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, Stephen Silas, and Dwayne Casey. Their replacements, Adrian Griffin there with Milwaukee, Frank Vogel, Darko, Nick Nurse, Udoka, and Monty Williams. So they're all now, all 30 positions have been filled. Are you excited? Like, are you guys excited? To have a guy just named Darko? For sure. We can just <laughs> but he's, call the, he's like the one unknown coach who was hired. Yeah. yeah, but so was Nurse in a way. I mean, he was an assistant, obviously, but so. Nick Nurse was more known than this guy, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was on the Raptors bench, too, but. I am because I, I, I think this is them tipping their hand that this is the direction we're going to go, and I'm not angry with it. And what I mean by that is build around Scotty Barnes. 
and I don't think it's blow it up and trade everybody, but I don't think Van Vliet's going to be there. I don't think Gary Trent Jr. is going to be there. I think definitely it's possible still that an OG or a Siakam, probably just one of the two, are dealt for hopefully a promising young player or a promising pick, and that Darko then is the guy to sort of lead this youth movement. That's what I think. But I never know with Messiah yeah, and Bobby Webster because, as they just proved with this coaching search, they they, they zag. They're like, uh, you know, you think it's going to go one way. You think you hear all these big names, and they're like, no, it's some guy that a lot of people have no idea about. But I was, I've been obviously reading a ton about it, trying to like listen to like people's thoughts on Darko, like players and and other people that know a lot more about this than I do. And I'm excited about the way he likes to play offense, especially. He doesn't like ISO, and the teams that he's been a part of are like very high in assists and ball movement and stuff like that I love that that's fun basketball to watch and I think how you would want to do it with a guy like Scotty Barnes as sort of like a point forward so yeah uh, excited maybe not but I feel like they're picking a path here yeah and I and I think they're gonna do something big here leading up to the draft or at least here in the offseason I do I'm never super excited when a coach gets hired I, I don't really I'm not really uh concerned or looking forward to whether he wears a you know a crew cut or a suit or like that's not my that's not why I get excited I don't know what they're doing with the future but yeah we've pointed to all good things about a potential coach I, I don't I don't I don't know if Masai knows for sure is Fred moving on <laughs> he should have a yeah, plan probably. yeah well I think as far as the free agents go I think he has a plan <laughs> I, I do think Fred's moving on they need a guard for sure are, are we looking at the next uh the scoot and Scott uh, potential future? Are they, they going to trade for Scoot Henderson? Maybe you know, trade up uh, to to potentially get him and trade one of these guys. Uh, you're going through here, Skeets. Maybe, but I think the guy is is well liked. I, I do like the young route. I think that's a a, a a great sign that the Raptors continue to do that um, and not and not go with a, a retread somebody who's who hasn't been a head coach. And yeah, he's uh, he seems extremely youthful, charisma. The Riz is uh, the word I, I keep hearing. Oh, is he the new drip king? Yeah. Darko's the new drip king. Shit. I'm all in now. Oh, now I'm very he's, excited. He's been using, apparently, uh, I heard a DeMichael Cole reporter, DeMichael Cole, say he's been using the word swag for years. He's got to learn the word Riz. Okay. And uh, no, he's, got he's, it, got, he's full of Riz. Ryakovich, full of Riz. Uh, I will finish this coaching talk here with this note from Ziller because it sort of blew my mind. Uh, he wrote this in his newsletter this morning. Barring a new opening coming available, Doc Rivers will not be a head coach on NBA opening night for the first time since 1998. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Wow. Doc has been an NBA head coach consistently longer than any other current NBA head coach with the exception of Popovich. Doc's coaching career began just before Rick Carlisle took over for the Pistons, a few years before Mike Brown took the helm for the Cavs, and about a decade before Eric Spolster got the keys to the Miami Heat. My God, you want to feel old. So there there are all, Thanks, all the coaching vacancies are full. They're full. Yeah, we're 30 for 30. Okay, we're at game five here. Might be the last game of the series. Kevin Garnett had a live stream last game. Paul <laughs> Pierce came Paul on Pierce. for some great moments. Oh, yeah. Get on Doc tonight. This could be the last game. The jobs are taken. Get Doc on there. Hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like start his media run right well, now. Well, that's what people are saying. Is Doc going to go back into television? He was, he was like a big-time broadcaster. Yeah, people liked that, him. Way back when. It wasn't when. that bad. I mean, it's a long time ago now, but I don't remember him being bad, so to speak. Man, I would love to go back to his broadcast and hear what his voice sounds yeah, like it's... because 20 years of coaching the way Doc Rivers has been coaching. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, final piece of news here. Celtics forward Grant Williams had successful surgery on his left hand Friday. That is expected to have him fully recovered for the start of training camp in the fall. The surgery to repair a torn ligament comes after Grant hurt his hand in March, though he decided to continue playing with the injury through the Celtics run to the East Finals. We slipped in the Middleton news on Saturday's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and this Grant Williams news was breaking right at that time. But, uh, yeah, this is a guy that is going into restricted free agency, mm-hmm. uh, and whether this has any impact on the dollars he'll make or not, uh, I'm not so sure, because he should be back and okay. Yeah, and he uses his right hand way more. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah, I think he'll be fine, and I think he'll get a payday. I'm really interested to see who pays him, how much he gets paid in this uh in this NBA, he's shown he's pretty versatile defensively. Mm-hmm. Can hit some shots. But, yeah, it was DNP for a lot of the Celtics run, although they used him towards the end. Any thoughts on Grant Williams here? Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because you look at Grant Williams and it's like, 
career best in rebounds, points, assists. She still shot the ball 39% from three. Yeah. He had his best season of his career, but it didn't really feel like it. Because like you're saying, Tassie fell out of the rotation for a large chunk of this season and wasn't necessarily a huge part of it to start the playoffs. But I think he's kind of instrumental to the Celtics being able to have different styles. So, yeah, I wonder if they're going to be able to keep him if some team says, yeah, we're going to overpay you because the Celtics are going to get pretty expensive here with Jalen Brown's contract coming up. Jason Tatum, obviously, is going to get the super-duper max because of his all-NBA status. Then you look at the bigs that the Celtics have. Al Horford is getting older. Robert Williams is an injury concern for the entirety of the regular season, and then it's a question mark in the playoffs as well. They need to bring back Grant Williams, but they kind of may they might not be able to afford keeping him Mm -hmm. or losing him. So that's an interesting one to watch. But like Tass said, at least it's his left hand. So he'll probably still get paid because he's got a messed up right elbow as well that they're not fixing, which apparently no problem with that. So an interesting case to watch this summer, I think. And I I will say his probably his most notorious moment was getting into Jimmy Butler's face in the conference finals. And people made fun of him because Jimmy went on a run afterward. But I like that fight. Even even if he picked the wrong guy, uh, Boston was not showing fight to start uh, this post or that that series that specifically, series, yeah. and he came along and showed that fight. And yeah, it was uh, obviously a, a heck of a roller coaster of a season for Boston. They kind of lost their defensive identity. Grant kind of you know, lost his spot because they were going smaller. But you know, those stats that Trey brought up were interesting because he was good. I mean, he put the ball on the floor occasionally and was able to get into those uh, step-back threes. He expanded his game. So somebody will pay him, I imagine, mm. especially in this free agent class. Will the Celtics match? That'll be the question for them this summer. All right, got to take one more break. Another quick one when we come back. Tweet of the night. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, real quickie of a podcast here Monday morning as we get hyped for Game 5 tonight. But let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night relates to that ad we just had. It's a segue from that Philo ad we just okay. had. Let's go to TV. This is all for you, Skeets. Okay. You're watching Jury Duty. Robbie Callen tweeted, <laughs> Jury Duty really is just a tremendous show. Facts. We're getting into the summer here. It's time to find some good shows to watch. And apparently Jury Duty is one of them. Because <laughs> the, the, a big topic here in the Classic Factory is Jury Duty. Right, I believe uh, Ash, you started watching it. Is that correct? No, no, JD no. did. JD did. Yeah, my bad. JD my bad. loves it. I, yeah, I sent. This I think JD's to... ripped through it too. I think he's watched the entire season. It's only eight episodes. It's not. Gonna, it doesn't take you that long. No, he's uh, he he's super angry that he's not here to talk about this. Oh, because I I told him that this is sweet of the night. He said, "Damn it, wish I was there." It's good. It's very funny. I don't want to spoil anything, but the premise is uh, very simple. One man uh, thinks he's a part of a jury. 
and they have a case to uh, obviously determine, but everybody around him is an actor, and uh, it's it goes from there. Uh, but the character, what makes it very very funny are the characters, and how insane they are, and they just found the most like likable gullible guy to base this whole thing around. Uh, so it's it's good. It, it I like honestly I watched the first couple episodes. I was like okay it's fine, and I I almost checked out. As is the case with a show, if it's like not really grabbing me right away, and like then I was like, now nah, you know I'll see this through on the third episode, and then for some reason it just like took off. It went to another level, and I was ripping through the rest of it. I think it's on um, Prime Video. I want to say here in the states, I think. So maybe it's difficult for some people to find, but well, it's a freebie job, huh? A freebie, yes, a nice. freebie job. Nice. Also, Primo, I guess. Uh, Shea Serrano and Networks uh, show is on that, but yeah, it's good. Highly recommend it. Thank you. Who tweeted that? Robbie Callen. Robbie Callen. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah, listen. Twitter was a bit of a cesspool the last 12 hours, so I mailed it in. Just, <laughs> just like I mailed in my outfit today. I'm wearing shorts and sandals today. I mailed it in. Um, also, l- listen, a, a tweet that uh, was uh, sort of uh, created here by somebody in YouTube, PKM7001, that I'll, I'll steal here. Bones Highland. You think he's getting a ring from the Denver Nuggets if they win the championship? They traded him away midseason? No. Yes. Yes, yes, great stuff. I know some people really care about this stuff. Some people don't. Uh, apparently, this was a little premature, but the Lakers, by all accounts, were going to give everybody who played for their team this year a championship ring. Pat Bev, mm. Russell Westbrook, if they were able to get there. Bones Highland, an interesting one. Unlike those two, yeah, not a not a great relationship let, with the Denver on. Nuggets. Let me make this very clear. Do I think the billionaire owner should pony up and make some more rings to possibly give away? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they got the money. About, but are, it's are more they, like, should Bones it... Highland want that ring? That's where I struggle with. That just like, seems a little... It, just, it would just seem strange to me being like, sweet, <laughs> here's my championship ring. I don't know. Maybe he feels different. I don't know if they've asked Bones to, if he wants it even. But I, I, that's weird to me. Like, he didn't want to – like, he – obviously there was some – which is weird with this Nuggets team because they're so tight. I mean, there was some friction there. He, like – he wasn't happy with his role. And it was having an impact, I believe, a little bit on the locker room or at least how they felt about him and whatever. And so they shipped him out. Yeah. So, it, I mean, he was a is. part of the team, but to the point where they didn't want him a part of the team anymore. So, I don't know. Seems yeah. strange to give him a ring. Yeah, they didn't want him to a point where they made the trade for Contavious Caldwell-Pope trading away Monte Morris before the season, and we all thought, man, that bench is thin. They traded away their pseudo-starting point guard with Monte Morris. They got Bones Highland as a second-year player, traded him, and they're not even playing Reggie Jackson, who they also <laughs> no. signed. So, yeah, there there was definitely a strain. But you think that they 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 should give him one, Trey? Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, I do. Um, you see, there was the reaction that Jokic had when Monte Morris showed up, and hmm. we've heard them all talk about the great chemistry they had. Maybe subtracting bones from the locker room was a big part of that. Definitely feels like it. Yeah. Um, but it also feels like Denver is definitely in the mode right now where they're like, if you were along for the ride at any point, you were along for the ride. I also don't think it like sends a great message to the rest of the league if you're like, we're picking out this one guy to single out as the problem and we're not giving him a ring. Played 111 games with Denver, five games in the playoffs last year. He was a part of the Nuggets, a part of this era that built their way to a championship. Uh, so yeah, slide him a ring and keep it in your top drawer. Don't wear it a lot. What it is, didn't really help. What is the official ruling on this? Is it just from team to team? Yeah, it's and subjective. Their decision? It's yeah. totally subjective. Yeah. This is something that has come of age here in the in the internet era. Yeah. Like the last few years, we didn't know before who got the ring from guys who were traded, like years ago. Right. But then you remember the the raps run. They didn't give one to Jonas Valanciunas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, initially, who was traded for Marcus Sewell at the trade deadline, but somebody who didn't want to be traded, who was uh, a Raps lifer. There was no friction uh, with him, and then they ended up being pressured into it. Right? I mean, it felt <laughs> it felt like it was an internet pressure thing where they ended up giving him one. Did he? I think so. Oh, I didn't. I, I, I think, didn't think that was that a, ultimately happened. Oh, I think. I think there was Bo- a Bobby Webster. There was an uproar for sure. Bobby Webster got pressured. Even Delon Wright, maybe. <laughs> they seem like they got one. Now they don't. They don't throw it around like they. They don't. They don't wear flaunt it. it. Uh, <laughs> I, like you're saying, sort of about Bones Highland. Probably not a proud moment this season when he was dealt away. <laughs> uh, even though you know a different scenario with Jonas Valanciunas and 
maybe DeLon Wright, but I feel like they were pressured into it. And these, yeah, those are those are things that are not given out at a ceremony. Well, I would uh, like like this. the guys who actually win the ring. If Bones like does want it and gets it. Go the other way. Don't put it in a drawer and never think about it. Or <laughs> Wear it all the time. Say you're an NBA champion all the time. Like, <laughs> lean into that. Then I find that very funny. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just, I guess, uh, don't take it. Or maybe they're not even offering. I guess we don't really know, right? As they come out and said, that's what we're doing. No, we're they haven't giving said one to Bones? Okay. Okay. Probably not because they haven't won the championship yet. Uh, you don't want to jinx it too, too yeah, hard. Yeah, like the Lakers. There's literally a, a report. I mean, I feel like it came from a source within the organization that yeah. Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook would be getting this season. <laughs> and they were both like ready to accept it. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mail it in. <laughs> Thank you. That would be really weird Let for... Let me update my mailing address for sure. All right, those are the tweets of the night. As I said, join us tonight, Game 5 of the NBA Finals. We're on playback at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Do the Nuggets win their first title in franchise history, their first NBA championship in franchise history? Uh, we'll find out. Or can the, can the Heat do the improbable here and even give us a Game 6? Because the line is, I believe, 9, 9.5 for Denver. It feels, about, it feels like 99% of people are like, it's a wrap. It's over. It's the Jokic coronation. We saw the other Joker win the French Open yesterday. We've got a Serbian coach now on the Raptors. Like, it is. It's time for Serbia right now. So do they wrap it up? We'll find out. Together on Playback. Can't wait to uh, to see you guys there. Uh, anything else? Is Pauly Shore in jury duty? <laughs> no, he's not. That's why I haven't watched him. Oh, okay. Well, how Disrespectful do you feel? to not include him in the reboot. How do you feel about James Marston? Uh, ambivalent. Like he's think, ju- he's just a movie star that's out there. Yeah, I think just you'll like guy. him after this, though. Yeah, I think he might. I think he might. He's pretty. I funny started watching it. Silo. It's on Apple TV. Oh, I haven't even it's heard like a, that. It's like a broke Lost. Oh, oh. So it's all about mystery. I don't know if I liked <laughs> it. I watched three episodes last night. I still don't know if I like it. Who built the Silo? <laughs> it felt so weird last night, a Sunday night with no NBA action or Succession, yeah. that Nora and I started up the rewatch of Succession. We put on episode one, season one. Mm. Weird. It's like the pilot. Roman's got a family. What? what? Nora's like, yeah, it's the pilot, and they just completely like changed it moving forward. <laughs> he has like a wife and a kid. Roman. <laughs> Roman. They gotta, right. they gotta edit that. Out. I know. <laughs> they gotta go back and edit that. It's out. really that does weird. Not make sense I'm at like, all. What the hell Hold on. So was this the pilot that aired? Yeah, it's, it's episode one. <laughs> yeah. no, but in the first place, I'm telling you. So we've all seen. I'm this? telling you. I don't remember it's, that. It, one there's a so scene ever. where there's a, do- a young girl talking to Connor, Uncle Connor, and he's like, you know, it's Roman's kid, and is like his wife or you know whatever partner it's really strange that's messed up yeah it's really weird anyway that's what we did uh clipper bro you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember if kevin love comes back from 3-1 he'll be the only guy to do it twice in the nba finals he's well, got to call fred van vliet i was gonna say you said he is a dad here this could, just had his baby this would be big big kevin love game tonight dad power activated <laughs> do it again We'll find out on Playback. Brace the day, people.